0: Mike, check you good yeah. yep all right i'm getting feedback nope there he goes okay all right after taking our own bye week we are on episode 16 brothers of the holy wire i am chase egbert and andrew brown how are we doing tonight i'm doing good chase thanks for for coming back it's good to be back Amen to that. We had some uh, business to take care of and some finals, and I think it's awesome to be back on. So, episode 16, you know, coming up on this episode, some things to look forward to. We missed last week, so we're going to catch up a little bit, and BYU dominates Utah State, so we'll talk about that. We'll look a little more into Utah's two wins that we haven't talked about over Cal and over Washington. Since we're doing this a little closer to the weekend, we're going to switch it up and we're going to do predictions on this weekend's games coming up. We'll talk about the keys for BYU's game this week and we look forward a little more into the season. And as always, final rant at the end of the show. Let's do it. Let's go. segment one, game highlights. Uh, Let's start off on the BYU side, Andrew. Um, I was at the Utah State-BYU game this past weekend in Logan and had a blast, as you can imagine. BYU dominates, puts up 42 points, which they haven't done in a while, and it was good to see that old-style BYU offense just putting up 600-plus yards and all those points and never took their foot off the accelerator.
1: Yeah, I, I watched most most of that game and came away a little surprised, for sure. I, I, I thought BYU would, could beat them, but I didn't think that was going to happen.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. I was nervous. I even told my wife before we went to the stadium, like, oh, it's going to probably be a close one, which means the fans are going to be chirping and they're going to be in our ears. So just so you know what to look forward to. But I don't know if you saw the video I posted, but... Um, by the beginning of the fourth quarter there was this mass exodus of Utah State fans and it was I think it was about 5,000 people left when the game actually clicked down to zero.
1: Yeah I, I, you could see in the stadium as as that game wore on in the fourth quarter that it was it was not the same environment that that it was at kickoff that's for sure.
0: Yeah and You know what was the most depleting for the Utah State, both team and the fans, was all of the turnovers. It just seemed like every time they got momentum going, they got close to the end zone, fumble, interception, something just did, they did something to derail it. And there was a few times where, you know, somewhat like the Utah-BYU game, there's some times where BYU did something that kind of forced their hand, whether it was a strip off of a um, blitz or they um, got little pressure on him, so he made an errant throw, but then there were sometimes Utah State just shot themselves in the foot.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not an NFL scout. I don't pretend to be, and, I, and I'm not going to say that they're wrong in saying this, but I've seen a lot of quarterback draft boards that have Jordan Love up there, fourth, fifth, sixth quarterback taken, uh, and I came away thoroughly unconvinced of that
0: position for sure. Yeah, that did nothing for his stock, for sure. He he looked rattled. He was making errant throws. In the words of Sam Bradford, I'm seeing ghosts. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think he was seeing some ghosts in that game a little bit. Um, you know, it was kind of cool. The uh, first BYU ever had a brother-to-brother touchdown pass. Um, so Baylor Romney threw to his brother Gunner. Um, which is kind of cool. You know, imagine playing ball with your brother and doing that in a big game and a rivalry game—that's pretty dang cool. Yeah, um, the- i th-
1: I thought I thought Romney stepped back in and, and looked every part as good as he did in, in his Boise State game. So I, I don't, I feel bad for Jaron that he's out again, and we'll have to see what what the pro- concussion protocol says. But I don't think I don't think Romney's in over his head when he's in there for sure.
0: Did that surprise you that he did as well as he did in Boise?
1: Uh, maybe, a, not. I don't know. I thought he looked pretty good against Boise, and I thought, and I think the more I watched that Utah State game, I was the least impressed I was with their defense. But I thought he, <laughs> I thought he made all the right reads again, and I, I think he, like I said, I don't think he looks like he's lost out there, for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was a tiny, tiny bit of me that kind of wondered, like, okay, was this a one-off? Was this one where he just came in and had the game of his life, and he was stoked? Or is this just the kind of player he was and he proved it? He's he's just that kind of quarterback that he's not going to make anything crazy happen by himself. But he's going to um, be on time and he's going to get the ball out of his hand quick. And he's going to just do what he has to do.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure there's a team left on BYU schedule that will make him... Uh, that will be able to do this, but I- I'd be interested to see... A scouting report get out on him where he's the actual starter and team prepare for him uh, and see, see if that disrupts him at all because I don't, I don't think he's as naturally gifted as as Wilson or as Hall but mm-hmm. I, I think he, he was serviceable and did what he needed to do and made all the right reads
0: for sure. Totally agree totally agree and he did come away a little banged up his foot is hurt I saw a picture of him today wearing a boot like a um, smaller boot so I know his foot's banged up but uh, it'll be interesting to see what the coaches d- d- decide to do against Liberty this weekend. If they're going to go with him. Uh, there's rumors flying around that Wilson might be ready to rock and roll. Or some people are even saying, hey, let's just put Critchlow in. He's done fine in the past. Let him get a should-be-somewhat-easy W and then save these guys for the end of the season. Could be Is pretty. Jaren Jaren's for sure out then, do you think? That's the rumors. Nothing's come out of the coaching staff or anything like that, but um, a lot of the broadcasters are saying that uh, that he's probably going to be out this week and next um, for concussion protocol.
1: You know how much BYU fans love their backup quarterbacks. I saw a bunch of, I saw not a bunch. I saw enough tweets that it was more than one person saying that they think they should just give the job to Jaron next year because how good he looked. And I was like, oh, man.
0: poor Wilson." <laughs> no, no, totally disagree. And and the, the broadcasters, which I know they're not perfect and stuff, but they that's their jobs. They're all saying the same thing. Like, man, we, we've been impressed by Jaron. We've been impressed by Baylor. But no, no. Wilson's too good. And he ran that gauntlet of – all these power five schools, five, you know, five games in a row. Um, it, it's it's comparing apples to oranges. You can't do it. For sure.
1: I, 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 agree with the assessment. I just, something about BYU and their backup quarterbacks. They just love them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's going back to that time where Taysom Hill was getting, Oh guys, what are you doing yeah. now? Just one other little shout out for that game. A little highlight for BYU side. I was being there and watching it i was incredibly impressed by zach katoa he is so small (laughs) compared to everyone on the field but he's slippery he was making um really good reads and you could tell because i actually sat in in the end zone right up above the uh, field goal and so you could see these holes opening up and you're like oh there's a cutting lane and sure enough he would typically find them and cut, cut back against the grain and get extra yardage and um he was making people miss and pushing through tackles and the other thing that was super impressive was with how small he was he was getting rocked like in the stadium you could hear cracks of him just getting slacked at, at the end of some of these plays and he'd hop right back up with a smile and go do it again. So that was pretty fun to see.
1: I, I, it's a lot easier to hop back up after he just gained 20, which he did on most of those plays, too.
0: Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it was kind of funny. He actually... Um, he's a running back, and he, he did fine. 7 carries, 42 yards. But the funny thing was is he actually had 129 yards receiving. So he led the team in receptions by more than double <laughs> any receiver. Yeah,
1: I, I think our friend Ben Criddle mentioned it, but Made great decisions on all his screenplays. He just made made a lot of things happen on screens, made good reads, let his blockers get set up, and, and did, had a bunch of chunk plays just off those little screen passes he caught.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. He did. Those screenplays were, um, you know, props to the coaches. They were very well timed. You know, they put him in at the right moments, right uh, down in distance, and excellent I love I love the last two weeks play calling on offense I, whatever they did I know they changed something up it's uh they were pretty blunt about that but they didn't say what whatever they did it's working and I like it
1: yeah I I, I don't know I, I'll go I, I don't want to go too far and just say that uh Boise State and Utah State are worse than South Florida and and uh, Toledo because I know that's not true but that would do I used t- change took the corner there they've done something that whatever they've done it's fixed it's fixed a lot of their issues
0: yeah yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit on goggles yeah. on goggles yeah. off I think we got a question for them. yeah so I did get a chance to watch um, the third and good chunk of the fourth quarter of the Utah Washington game um, man what a great win for Utah uh, to go up there in that rowdy, rowdy crowd and get a W. Yeah,
1: I, I've i said this to a couple people, or I guess whoever will listen to me, and whoever will let me talk to you with them. I've said that this this felt like a game that even good Ute teams, last year's Ute team, year, Utah teams the last couple of years that have been good Utah, Utah teams, always have one of those games when it comes down to um, tough times that they, they end up coughing one up. Um, and, and that's what that game felt like down 14, three things aren't going your way. Not really moving the ball, Washington state's pumped. I I'll, I'll admit as I'm sitting there watching that game, I I'm thinking, man, same old Utah. Um, but it wasn't, they overcame adversity and just, man, just came through and, and did what they needed to do. That's, that was a big win
0: that was that was in you know being not necessarily a die-hard utah fan but having followed them enough when they got down i started thinking like oh here we go yeah. like this this is where they tend to kind of unravel or get stressed i don't know what you call it, but i just made me a little nervous but it was very impressive um I- and I think top 10 worthy after that um, performance yeah. to go in and get that W. Yeah, and
1: I mean, I, I don't think Washington, this is the best Washington team you Utah's played since they've been in that club. Obviously, they're 5-4 and four at this point and um, have had some issues. But that's a gosh darn talented football team. Eason and their running back and, and, that, and that defense. And they were ready to go. Um, and, I, and I read a statistic that just haunted me all week before the game. Uh, some Utah fan put it out that said Chris Peterson coaching teams after a bye week he's 18-0 and 0 in his last 18 games and that Washington, Washington was 9-0 and 0 after a loss with Chris Peterson there so Holy both God. of those things went hard against Utah and along with everything else that went on in that game I, just props to them for, for going to take care of business
0: they had to bunk at least one of them this year. They've had a lot of those random stats go yeah. you know, like USC and, the, <laughs> and that stadium kind of stuff. They had to get one this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's but, true.
0: So, Tyler Huntley again, pretty dang good performance. 19-24 20, 284 yards one touchdown um, plus one rushing uh, That rushing one actually looked pretty athletic. He took off and Seem like he just beat everybody.
1: Yeah, and he's he's still not healthy. He's still gimping around back there a little bit. He's just gutting it out. no he can't make the
0: the knee injury
1: any worse, but wants to be out there for the team. And you can tell he's not as mobile as he wants to be. But the dude's just just gutsy as heck. I I don't make statements like this very often, but I think he's he's shown that he, I think he's the best quarterback in the Pac-12. I know he won't get drafted that way, and I know Oregon's kid's super talented, but. The numbers Tyler's put up this year and his QB rating and everything else. He's making, he's making believers even of the worst haters. Did you see, uh, I think it's Brian Khalil that, is that his name from BYU? Khalil? Khalil, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he had, he had a tweet giving Tyler Huntley prompts after he, he's probably the number one Tyler Huntley hater saying how average he was. But after that game, even BYU fans were saying that that was a gutsy performance by the kids. So I think he's made a, made a fan of even his worst haters.
0: You know what's interesting before the season if you had said okay which one's the better quarterback love or Hunley, it would have been like love yeah yep. and after watching um uh, Hunley the last couple of weeks last three weeks really and then watching love fall apart against air force and byu that's like and that totally flipped on head. yeah
1: like I know that this sounds ridiculous, but Tyler Huntley has the fifth best quarterback rating in the, in all of college football. Dude's just been like, I think it's silly to even argue that he's the best quarterback in the state of Utah. And maybe yeah, I think he's the best quarterback in the Pac-12, but there's a lot of fans that want to say he's the top 10 quarterback in all of college football. And it's hard to, to go against that with some <laughs> of his stats right now, but you know, red goggles.
0: Yeah. Red goggles. Amen to that. Before we switch into that, um, do I dare bring up the interview at the end of the game? With who? Huntley. Oh yeah. Did you hear about that?
1: Yeah, I, I heard about <laughs> it. Yeah.
0: I didn't even think twice about it because I just am like, oh, that's that's Huntley. And then all of a sudden, Twitter just took it and ran with it, and you, you heard about the Ute guy. Yeah,
1: that was pretending to be a kook. Yeah.
0: yeah. Like, oh, bless your. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't take away from what Tyler's made. Uh, been able to do on the field this year and especially against washington so probably and, to- and the the dude doesn't like the interview he's going to graduate in
1: three years or three and a half years he's uh on a roll student the kid's not done he just doesn't like the camera
0: yeah yeah and at, you know at the end of the day when it comes to this sport that's what you do on the field yeah. so i mean if camera's not your thing then up on the field like he is, and you're fine. Yeah, he lets, he lets his game do his, his talking. You know, I'll, I'll live with that. Yeah. And that. So, on that, good to switch gears. Head to segment two. Yeah, let's two. do it. All right. Segment two: goggles on, goggles off. So, Andrew, I'm going to shoot a question over to you. Uh, does Utah at this point. Win
1: out. Uh, my my goggles are as red as they've been all season, Chase. And I I haven't felt better about Utah winning out in a long, I, I, all season long. I, I think they went out. I think we go eleven and one, and and sitting in the Pac twelve championship game.
0: I can see that, and I I totally agree. I think yeah, they're on a roll. I think that USC kind of. Popped him in the jaw, woke him up, and I don't think they're going to stop.
1: Yeah, they got UCLA at home next week, and they got a buy this week. Then they got to go to Arizona. Colorado's been miserable. Arizona might be a little tough just because you're going on the road, but they should t- handle it, take care of that. Uh, UCLA's started to play better football, so I, I think that one's that's the one that worries me the most. But Utah should be ready to go after a bye week and and should hand, take care of business.
0: True. Chip Kelly's always creative, and you kind of never know what's going to come out of there. And
1: you know what kind of athletes
0: they have. They're UCLA. They always get the kids. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of that dangerous one where, if they randomly wake up, they might make it a ball game. But I still think Utah's going to be the better team at the end of the day on that. Yeah. The- if we if we didn't have a bye week and if we had to go down there, I, I'd feel a
1: little worse about it. But I, I like our chances in Salt Lake coming off a bye week with Witt giving Witt a
0: chance to repair and, and get ready to go. The only thing I could see uh, Utah getting hung up on is maybe the bowl game, depending on who they play, right? If they get yeah. a, a decent team. But for their sake, and then obviously, man, the Pac-12, they have to pull out a W in their bowl game.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it comes down to if both – if both Oregon and, and Utah win out sitting 11 and one, I'm, I'm hearing a bunch of pundits say that if one of the two teams goes and makes a statement, say Utah beats Oregon by three touchdowns, that they have a chance to get to the cultural playoff. But I I'm, I'm not going to get my hopes up there and just going to say, let's go to the Rose bowl, play a Penn state, something like that. And
0: I'd be a, a, a program changer for sure. Yeah. yeah and If you're just simply looking at it on paper, you could say, oh, Washington State got thumped by Utah, and then they went in and put a dang good ball game together against Oregon and barely lost. So you could do that whole simple fan thing where you say, hey, (laughs) X equals Y divided by Z. But but I think they've just always um, lined up well against them. So it'd be interesting to see how Oregon-Utah plays out.
1: Yeah, I think you can go do the comparative advantage of all the games in the Pac-12, and I think Utah has the advantage in every one except for Oregon went and took care of business and thumped USC last week.
0: So I think that's our one disadvantage there. Yeah, yeah. X equals C on that one. Except, exactly, by, exactly, exactly. <laughs> divided by two. Divided by
1: two. <laughs> now, now I know that I know the Cougars don't have the most exciting schedule coming up, but do they win out, Chase? I believe so.
0: I believe so. I think the embarrassment in Florida, like Toledo is like, ah, that stunk, but sometimes it happens. But that one in Florida, I think that woke up the beast. I think that kind of poked the bear, and they're off and running. So I do. I think they beat um, Liberty. It might be a little closer than we might hope as a BYU fan. But then you've got UMass, I think. They should just destroy UMass, especially after they got beat, BYU got beat by them a couple of years ago. I think they're still embarrassed. So they're going to go out and thump them just to make a statement. Uh, Idaho State, they should take care of, you know, easily. And then everyone's saying, well, the next big one's San Diego. They're ranked, you know, um, and it's in San Diego. But I just have this feeling that they go down, they get some warmth, and they're going to play happy. You know, they're going to play with some. Um, with some spirit, and they'll do, they'll do just fine. So I think they went out, and then we'll see how the bowl game goes. There's some talk about playing Memphis, which would be kind of cool because last time we played them, we got in a fist fight, literally, with them. Yeah, the brawl, the brawl. Yeah. Uh, where Kua got um, kicked out of a couple games the following season. Yeah the the punch. Yeah, punch it more than one. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I obviously it's not good to punch, but the, uh, and there was sucker punches going both ways, I think, on that one, oh, which is oh, not good. Sure. So. That was, yeah, that was a mess. So it could be interesting, and I wouldn't be surprised. ESPN needs their, their ratings on these smaller bowl games. <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah, put
0: some hated people together and watch it. So I do. I think they went out, blue goggles on. So I was thinking about this, Andrew, after the Utah game. Not necessarily that this is the best come from behind, but was this the most important come from behind win for Utah ever?
1: Um, I know recency bias is such a big thing here, but it's it's as big as one as I can remember in in recent history. Um, just for what it means for the program, what it what it, the team that it came against. We've had our issues with Washington and Chris Peterson the last couple of years. That it was on the road. Um, because of this, your, your culture well playoff chances are still somewhat there. You still have a Rose bowl berth on the line. I think for, for what it meant, it was the biggest um, come
0: together, come back win for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed pretty inspired. And, and at the end you could tell there was a lot of emotion. So
1: yeah, you don't, it was important to them. Yeah. You don't usually see wit, wit smile or show any, any emotion after a game, but you could tell he he wanted that one, and he told you as much in his press conference that this was one of the most satisfying wins of his career. And I feel like um, a monkey, like a monkey, kind of caught off the Utah football program that that these games late in the season in November that you need a win to get over a hump, whatever it is, and we just can't do it. And I feel like that that was what this one was for them.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Now, out of curiosity, what? has to happen throughout the nation for Utah to make it into um, like a solid top four pick for the, um, for the tournament?
1: Uh, I think some things are going to happen now. Some teams are going to play each other, Ohio state and Penn state play each other. Um, Alabama and LSU obviously play each other. One of them is going to end up playing Georgia, if not both of them. Um, Oklahoma's behind us right now, which I thought was a big thing as far as the cultural playoff goes, that if Utah and Oregon take care of business, they probably stay ahead of Oklahoma. Um, so I think for the most part, um, obviously some things have to happen, um, but I think Utah kind of holds their own, their own destiny in their hands that things should happen in front of them, that if Utah wins out, they have a pretty good say to say that they belong. Um, uh, I think they're going to have to win out obviously. And I, and I think, like I mentioned earlier that I think they're going to have to send a message against Oregon. I don't know if them winning right at the end or anything does it enough. I think they they might have to go take care of business and handle Oregon. I think that sends a pretty
0: good message. Yeah. Um, yeah, just go thump them. Um, what about – does does Oklahoma need to lose one more time since Utah already has one loss? So it's like, okay, losing to Kansas State that's ranked versus a, a downed USC, does that play into it at all, do you think?
1: I, I don't know. I, I think that has – we'll have to see what Kansas State does the rest of the way, how good of a loss that is. And um, I think the fact that Utah's already ahead of Oklahoma is good for them. And I think – As the schedule goes forward, I think Utah has a better opportunity um, to show another good win. I think the fact that Oregon's ranked so high helps Utah, that if they go, like I said, beat them in a Pac-12 championship game, I think that's a better win than Oklahoma has a chance to do the rest of the season, even in a Big 12 championship game.
0: You know, another part, which is outside of the football world to some degree, is ESPN and putting this thing together, they have to think of it as a production. And if you have the exact same four teams three years in a row, you know, it's not going to do any good for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if that helps Utah a little bit as far as saying, like, hey, here's a team that people like to root for um, because they're not mainstream." You
1: know, I mean, I, I is, think Utah's going to have to go earn it. They're not going to th- – like if, if they barely beat UCLA and they hold on to beat Arizona and if Colorado's close, I don't think that does – I think they're going to have to go earn it. They're going to go have to go handle some business these next three weeks, make some good statements and um, be in front of them that people want to see or bigger names that if they slip up, like LSU with one loss, I'm not convinced Utah gets in before them if Utah doesn't make a statement. Uh, Alabama with one loss, if LSU beats them, I'm not sure Utah gets in over them if they don't right. make a statement. Um, but I, I think it's hard to hold a um, a Pac-12 champion, whoever that is, out over a one-loss SEC
0: team that doesn't even play in their championship game. But I guess we'll yeah. see. That would be a statement, kind of like, to the Big 12 that first year where they didn't make it in because of the, well, in their mind, because of the championship game or lack or lack thereof yeah, at exactly. that time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay,
1: changing subjects real quick, flipping back to BYU. Um, in your opinion, um, and I've heard a lot of opinions about this topic, but were the two losses to USF and Toledo – uh, and the change that came from that, worth
0: it as a BYU fan. Yeah, that's a good one. Like you said, that one that's one that everyone's talking about right now. Is you know, We're hopeful that with how they're playing right now and how they look, they should be able to win out. So then the big talk of the year is going to be what the heck happened in Toledo and USF, and was it just simply a catalyst to get them going and get some of the changes made? that they needed to become a winning program. again. I think I'll have to answer that after next season, if the changes they make now continue through next year and they're more creative on the defense, you know, they're they're blitzing and they have more of Kalani's signature on it and they're being as aggressive as they are on offense through next season, then yes, for sure. Um, if it's this year, you've got that thorn sticking at it you and you're like, uh, why the heck did we lose to Toledo and USF but we go and we dominate Utah State, we beat Boise a ranked highly ranked Boise State. we beat you know all these teams that we've beaten that. I don't know it's just crazy. it blows my mind. everyone says it and I, I agree. If you had said, hey, we're going to be four and four to start the season, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But then you say, like, hey, your losses are (laughs) Toledo, USF. Like, what? It just, yeah. So that's my no answer to your (laughs) question is I think if it's the catalyst that gets Kalani and his coaching staff um, kind of aligned and going, then yeah, it was worth it.
1: Yeah. I I don't know, I, I see the perspective. I, I and and I and I think Utah is an example of a loss changing your season. It's just unfortunate that it had to happen at at the points that it did for BYU and, and the big what ifs of the season if they somehow pull out some games they probably should have lost. You know what I mean? Like if they play bad in those games and they find a way to win, that the, the big what ifs
0: of what the season yeah. could turn into. Yeah. You know, one thing I've been thinking about, too, when it comes to this question is this is really only the second season where this coaching staff has been together and with this team, with this this group of young men. And they're they're a very young team. If you look at the offensive line and their running backs and their QB like everybody, linebacker core, I think the only place that's pretty deep in seniority is that defensive line. But – um I wonder too, just where last year was so clunky where they're trying to get Magnum to go and he wasn't working out, wasn't working out. was And then they shift, you know, shifted gears and, and then they go into gauntlet of power five. I almost wonder if this change, they just seem so much more comfortable, like every, the coaching staff and what they're doing and their play calling and stuff. So I almost wonder if that, um, catalyst just might've aligned the the coaching staff. If they can keep them together for a few more years, um, might have just found something special.
1: Yeah, and and I, they better—I don't know if they better—they—they—they—they they, they, they have to hope that this is a change worthwhile because that schedule oh, next year doesn't get any easier. They're gonna have to put that chin strap on and and get to work because it's—it's not gonna—you know—no one's gonna be happy if you end up. I guess you'll be happy if you finish this year and winning out the rest of the way. But that that soon gets forgotten if you start next year 0-4 and
0: all of a Yeah, and I, I've tweeted this out to a couple of the broadcasters and stuff, but if everybody's sitting here um, pointing fingers and complaining or whatever you want to say about this year's schedule, you should look at next year's schedule. It is unreal. Yeah. Unreal, and if they can pull off a winning yeah. season next year, like even win seven games, that will be awesome. Like it really will.
1: Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to you gonna have to be ready to go. Gonna have to hope that some of these injury bugs that spit them this year doesn't doesn't find them next year and and take this momentum yeah. they've built right yeah. now.
0: And if anything, they've learned that if it does, and hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, they've got maybe a little more depth than we we. Have thought, but granted all the depths coming out at the uh, easier part of the schedule. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right, buddy. Hey, let's yeah. switch gears. I'm excited about this next segment with the little wrinkle we're putting in this week. Right. Okay. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Segment three games around the nation normally we talk about the previous weekend's games but we are going to switch it up since we're so close to the weekend and we're going to talk about um the games coming up and how we think they're going to do so you know let's talk about the biggest one first andrew
1: yeah that's an easy an easy pick in alabama lsu the the big game depending on which rankings you're looking at one versus two or maybe two versus three depending on what you're looking at um but I, I, I don't think this is the first time in the last five years they've called this one the game of the century or whatever they want to call it. it always seems to mean a little more in this game. Uh,
0: yeah, exactly. And Depending on how the uh, playoffs go at the end of the season, they might not see each other again. So this, this to a lot of people, <laughs> is maybe the best two teams in the nation.
1: And, and you might even view it as a as a playing game, I guess I I think whoever wins this game's got the driver's seat to
0: a one or two seat in the playoff for sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. So they're playing in Alabama. So LSU has to travel. Um, Any score prediction on this one?
1: Uh, I think it's tough. Saban's saying all the right things and saying to us looking good and he's healthy and ready to go. And, If that's the case, I I think it's a really, really good football game. I'm not sure how much I'm buying. He had a high ankle sprain, and that takes a long time to get better from. So I'm I'm not sure he's all the way healthy. And I think even if he was, I think I'm still taking LSU. I'll go – usually these are a defensive slugfest, but both these teams have offensive weapons all over the field. I'm going to go 38-31 LSU. All right.
0: All right. So I'm going to put a prediction out there. Um, Have you ever, like, I was watching a game show once, right? And the contestant was given a question like, all right, so here's your question. Is it answer A or is it answer B? And the contestant said, hey, it's actually C. And they're like, that wasn't even an option, so you lose. (laughs) So I'm going to throw out a C just to be that person. I'm going to say they go into overtime throw that out there be a little bold Uh, they go into overtime 28-28 and then Alabama wins on a field goal okay so 31-28 to final yep Yep. in OT yeah
1: I'm not gonna make fun of anybody for picking Bama in this game I just I feel like this is LSU's year man they finally have an offense have a quarter might be the Heisman front runner I don't know but kick and sling it so I'm excited to see what happens Oh, he's
0: definitely fun to watch for sure. Um, you know, another one is uh, Penn state versus Minnesota. Um, that one I believe is in Minnesota. So playing in the cold, what do you think about that one,
1: man? I picking with my heart would really like to see Minnesota win that one just because that drops Penn state. But I know people are are balking at this. Minnesota's undefeated right now. Yeah, right? They're not bad. They haven't played anybody yet, but uh, I have a hard time thinking Penn State loses that one. Um, I'll go go Penn State
0: 28-17. So I agree. It would be awesome to see Minnesota beat them. It's kind of fun to say Gophers win. Um, so, but I have to go with logic on this one. I think Penn State wins, thirty-one twenty-one.
1: Okay. In In a perfect world, Minnesota beats Penn State, then Penn State beats Ohio State, and Ohio State beats Minnesota. So they all have one loss there.
0: I <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah, Utah fans would love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, if that happens you I think you should get me a steak anybody listening like we should steak dinner on (laughs) on the browns (laughs) hey I'm 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 rolling with it I'm picking it let's go (laughs) all right another one that I actually think could be kind of a fun game is Kansas State versus Texas Kansas State seems to be on a roll and they have a pretty decent quarterback and Texas is Texas right they looked good at the beginning of the season they kind of fall apart a little bit who do you think comes out on that one
1: I think it's in Texas. I think Kansas State's a, a pretty good football team. Like I said, they beat Oklahoma. Um, but I think it's it's put up or shut up time for Texas. I think they were highly ranked coming in, and I think a lot of people thought, oh, Texas is back, and they've kind of laid an egg. Uh, I think they respond on Saturday, and I think Texas wins. I'll go
0: 34-28. Yeah, I agree. As much as I would love to root for Kansas State and get someone away from like mainstream names of college football um, I think Texas pulls this one out and hands them a loss
1: yeah I, I think if they don't you all of a sudden get, Texas is sitting at 5-4 and four and you start to hang your hat, hat or hang your head a little bit and season might get away from him here a little bit with, with some tough teams coming up so I, I think it's time for them to respond and i think they have the athletes and the kids to do it so yeah that's why i'll take them
0: yeah because then they got uh, iowa state and then baylor and texas tech and they actually is nothing to balk at this year and baylor is doing awesome so
1: yeah baylor i has, baylor totally lost, agree if so yeah. they don't get
0: this one. Oh sorry what
1: no i was saying baylor hasn't lost so yeah it's time for texas to write the
0: ship for sure so in the Pac-12 world, USC versus Arizona State, that's actually kind of an intriguing
1: one. Yeah, I I would have thought a little earlier this would have meant a little more in the Pac-12 South, but Arizona State's kind of laid an egg a little bit, uh, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing USC take another loss. So it's here in Tempe, um, and USC's so banged up. Uh, I'll, I'll actually take the Sun Devils. I'll, I'll take the Sun Devils. We'll go. 38
0: 24 i think Arizona State makes a statement hmm. I'm I'm going to go the other way I think <laughs> USC um, pulls one together kind of like they did against Stanford and um, I'll do 21 12 kind of a low scoring game Lowers. low scoring okay yeah so 21 12 USC on that one um does that have any implications for the rest of the Pac-12 that game, or is Arizona I mean, U- too far down?
1: USC is still sitting there with only two losses in the Pac-12, so I guess if Utah slips up or or whatever, they're they're right back in play for the South. Arizona State has three now, I think, so they're they're a ways back. But USC, if USC wins, they're still right there, which is why I would like to
0: see Arizona State win that game for sure. Yeah, yeah. In a way, it could be a little scary for.
1: Utah, yeah. We we just got to take care of business. We at least have it in our hands now.
0: Once they, now that they've lost, so. So here's another one that is intriguing, and is I'm watching maybe you know the LSU or the Texas game or something. If it if it's close, I would not mind switching to. But the uh, Wisconsin Iowa game, Iowa and Wisconsin both six and two. Wisconsin's ranked 13th and Iowa's 18th. So uh, I'm going to go out and say Iowa pulls this one off. Um, Even though I think statistically Wisconsin should be able to get this one. I'm just going to say Iowa goes out and gets it.
1: Yeah, I can see this one. This is uh, Big 12 football at its finest right here. Two um, big Midwestern teams like to run the football, play defense. Uh, I'll, I think I'm gonna go Wisconsin. I think they have better athletes on offense. I think they'll, they'll be able to score a couple more points. I'll go low scoring. We'll say twenty to
0: thirteen. Wisconsin. I can yeah, see it's. I think it's gonna be a ground and pound for both teams.
1: Yeah, I, I think Wisconsin's running back is is the difference. I think he
0: has a couple more
1: explosive plays in him than Iowa has on offense for sure. <laughs>
0: ESPN might be watching or I mean Fox Fox might be watching trying to figure out where to put in their commercials <laughs> <laughs> the clock's running too fast yeah uh, that's awesome all right now we're gonna make sure Connor's still listening Florida versus Vanderbilt Andrew go uh
1: Vanderbilt always gets somebody and I think Florida might be hanging their heads a little bit so I think it might be a little closer than people think but I'll I'll still take Florida. Uh, I'll go
0: 31-21. Oh. All right, Connor, this one's for you. Um, I think Florida can't get up after the Georgia game, and they they get surprised by Vanderbilt. Oh. Oh, there it is. (laughs) I'm going to pick Vanderbilt getting the upset. I know they're 2-6 not terribly good, but it seems like every year, they have this one game where they show up and they beat somebody when they're not supposed to. So I'm going to pick this as that game.
1: Man, Chase, that's in the swamp. I don't know if Florida gets out of there alive if they lose to Vanderbilt at home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they might have to have security to get back to their apartments. Yeah. So, uh, I guess if Connor wants to defend this, he's going to have to join the podcast more often. Okay, you put down the gauntlet. We'll have to see how the, what the response is. <laughs> All right, so we'll see how we did, and we'll talk a little bit about that next week, and let's uh, switch gears to segment four.
1: Okay. Hey.
0: All right, segment four, keys to this week's game. Now, Andrew, I know that it's a bye week, but this week and next, what does Utah need to do getting ready for UCLA? I think they just got to have a good week of practice. I think for the most part, outside of
1: Tyler, um, people are healthy. I know everybody could use the week off, get healthy, but I I just think they need to get their mindset right, put in a good game plan, Um, because I know UCLA will be ready for them. A big opportunity for UCLA, and they've already put out a – a couple of bulletin board materials from some of their players. I think UCLA is pretty jacked up for this week. So I think Utah's going to have to match that intensi- intensity. Oh, what do they say? I don't know. There was a receiver that came out this week and said that Utah is known for being really tough and physical and that they're excited to show that
0: they think they're more tough than Utah is. And they're going to show it on Saturday or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, you say that to a team full of Tongans, that'll be really funny to see how that goes. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, I, I hope he comes across the middle one of these times and Francis Bernard finds him one of those times. So.
0: <laughs> Give him a little kiss. Yeah. Oh, man. I see those D-linemen, too, just being lit up on the Yeah, find, find him at the bottom of the pile there with big old uh,
1: an eye, or or one of them. We'll find him at the bottom of the pile, I'm sure of it.
0: <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, and the other thing with a bye week that's always interesting, no matter who your team is, is that balance of resting, but also not losing your edge. That's always a weird balance. Yeah,
1: like I said, I I, I like where the health is at as far as Utah football team goes. No major injury concerns. I know Tyler's banged up, and I, I'm not even sure this week off is going to be enough to get him 100%. But I think Utah's in a good spot where they can implement and put in stuff and and game plan and be ready to go. So I, I
0: think they should be uh, locked in for, for next Saturday. So on BYU's side, um, they Liberty has a decent quarterback. His middle name's Buckshot. Did you know no, that? No, I didn't know that was legal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they uh, make guns illegal, I don't know what he's going to do about his name. But... Yeah. His name's Buckshot, so that's kind of cool. But he's actually a decent quarterback, and they've got a NFL-quality receiver that actually has done some damage uh, throughout the season for other teams. So I think one of the main keys is going to be defense. Um, I I think offense is going to be able to do what they need to do, even though they're a little banged up. Um, I think they showed that against Utah State when they played Inspire. They they were driving off the ball offensively. You know, They were moving the, um, the line of scrimmage forward. They were getting out there. They were pushing guys around. So I, I think offensively, getting out and running the ball well will open up the pass. I think they'll be fine. So the main key is defense. I think you, you stick your best DB um, on this NFL-style receiver. Put a safety over the top, and then you dial up as many blitzes as you can. I think the more we can get to that quarterback, the better. Instead of um, like some of these other teams where we drop back eight and try to um, confuse quarterbacks with how those windows are opening and closing in the zones, Um, I think we need to go more um, man and dial up blitzes. So I think that's kind of the key to this week's game. Yeah,
1: I'm looking at their schedule right now that – they haven't really beat anybody. They lost to Syracuse. They lost to uh, Louisiana Lafayette. I guess they beat New Mexico. They beat New Mexico State. But they can score some points. They put up 34. Rutgers. They scored 59 before that against Maine. Not not great there. But yeah, I think that <laughs> BYU will will have to show up. They can't overlook them all the way. I think they should be able to. BYU should be able to be with a B minus C plus game. But it'd be nice for. BYU just go thump them,
0: right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that turnover battle is going to be key. You know, was, they should be able to get a few turnovers, and unless there's some crazy fumble, I don't see why um, they should be getting in the head of any of the quarterbacks on our side. So, yeah, um, I think BYU comes away with this. I, I'm putting it at a 28-21 BYU.
1: You think it's that close? With a,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I was putting it at um, my my mindset is BYU gets out ahead quick and they stay out ahead, so then I gave Liberty 14 points and then they score a late one, so it looks closer on paper, but I think BYU still beats them, but maybe on paper it looks closer.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So, I choose C. I choose C. I'll, always C, Chase. Always C. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's uh, – Take care of our final segment. Final rant. Okay. All right. Final segment. Final rant. Um Andrew, inspire us. What is Hi. on your mind? I'm not an, I don't have the inspiration like you, Chase. I just, <laughs>
1: I, I think it's fun to be a Utah football fan right now. I think it's awesome to see Utah sitting at eight in the college football playoff rankings. I think it's awesome to be able to look forward to the future. Um, but I know what Witt's preaching inside that locker room is to only worry about things that they can control. That. They have UCLA coming up. Their big thing is to go 1-0 on the week. Uh, and I just hope that they they keep that focus going forward, that there's certain things that they can control. And as long as on that and taking care of business, that the goals that they have set will, will come. They can't worry about um, who loses in front of them or who wins behind them or, or any of those things. They just handle business and, and take care of the things that they can control, like I said. Yeah
0: keep that tie on like we keep saying keep that business mentality they've they've been solidly business for five or six weeks straight and just gotta finish the job it's interesting it definitely follows Kyle Whittingham's persona you know his personality yeah I I don't you probably don't you probably don't look at Utah football stuff Chase but
1: at at the end of this last week's game they always show um Coach Witt give out the game ball and him talk about the game with the team. And you could just see as Coach Witt comes into the locker room after that Washington game and he has the game ball and he's pumping them up and he says game ball the whole Utah football team. And just the excitement and the level of joy that those kids have and the amount of they want to win for Coach Witt. just I don't know how you would ever want to fire that dude. He just... Is a, is a player's coach through and through. So I was I was excited to see that.
0: Well, now that that athletic director that he was having our time with is gone, he could be there a while, right? Yeah. I, it, the way the last couple seasons have gone, and if this one goes the way we want it to, he, he's basically got a lifetime contract, it feels like to me. Yeah. whenever so he chooses to do. Yeah, so he could choose at that point whether to stay or go.
1: If for, yeah, I think he, he's
0: a Ute until he doesn't want to be anymore. And that's a great position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I was talking to somebody the other day about coach Anderson at Utah state. Um, you look at his journey compared to like Kyle Whittingham's. He goes to Nebraska following some money. Doesn't do well. And he goes to Oregon. Oh, sorry. Wisconsin. You're right. He goes to Wisconsin. Yeah. Doesn't do terribly well. So on to Oregon state same same story and then he makes his way back to Utah State where he had started and made a name for himself just makes you wonder how he stayed there where the program would be at now and versus Kyle Whittingham's story where he just stays there hunkers down and builds yeah you're on the other side for sure yeah yep and the money would probably eventually follow too so yeah sometimes it's better to hunker down yeah you know, on my final rant, not nearly as emotional as last time. <laughs> um, I still stand behind, you know, what I was saying as far as the upper management or administration needs to help with the team. But I do think that the level of play and the level of preparation and the level of play calling from both coaches and the players shows just how much they love uh, their coach, their head coach, Kalani man, it just seemed like the last two weeks uh, were just inspired ball, you know, they're they playing with an extra chip on their shoulder, they're flying around they're having fun, um, kind of like practices from a lot of the interviews they, they're um, playing in the practices at a whole different level and I think that has a lot to do with them seeing like, holy cow, our coach that we love and would go to war for, is on the hot seat, and I think that changes everybody's mentality. So it's just interesting to see the the um, the players and coaches do the talking on the field for their love for their coach. Yeah, it was, it was nice to see uh, BYU
1: step up and and show that they that that Kalani inspires them, that he is the coach for the job, and that and that they can, they can take care of business with him there. It was nice to see he didn't have to defend himself, that his players defended uh, his, his title for him.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's one impressive thing just about his personality in general is you, you could, uh, and you have seen, you've seen other coaches make little snide remarks on national television while being interviewed about their contracts or about their situations. He's never once, that I've seen at least, Made even a hint at stuff like that and he's like oh uh, you know contracts coming up that's for Tom Homo to decide I've got a coach you know and he he plays that off and he just lets it be with who it needs to be with but yeah he just he's a pretty like I've said in other shows he's a pretty dang good guy and he's, I'm glad he's at BYU Um I I was worried that he would um, choose his friends over maybe what was the best for the um, the program as far as coaching because he's got a lot of friends and family on the coaching staff but he he made the changes necessary to to make it work the last few weeks so we'll see how it goes couldn't agree more so hey I want to do a little shout out real quick okay um So, I don't know if you've seen this video. It's kind of floating around right now in BYU Twitter world of Coach Kalani um, on his show that they do weekly. They show him a clip of one of the true blue heroes and afterwards he gets super emotional and he says something along the lines of these true blue heroes and that's why I love being here Uh, or one of the reasons I love being here at BYU. Um so cash taylor he's my neighbor he's a nine-year-old kid with spina bifida awesome kid and he's um my son's like best friends with him they get along so well and uh he actually was today's true blue hero with byu so he got to go down um tour the facilities watch them practice and then afterwards the team rallied around him gave him a bunch of swag and did a little chat and talked to him for a while after practice so if you get a chance um go to um crap I can't think of his last name now Jack Damani I think's his last name uh to go to his his Twitter and watch the video and typically BYU posts something so watch their Facebook and Instagram and stuff so a little shout out to Cash for being a true blue hero today that's that's really cool I'll have to look that up for sure yeah, and if they do post on Instagram, I'll uh, I'll make sure it makes it on ours, and we'll we'll retweet it on um, Brothers of the Holy Wars Twitter. Perfect. So, all right, guys. Hey, thanks for uh, tuning in today. Again, this is episode sixteen on Brothers of the Holy War. Uh, BYU looking to take on Liberty at home. Utah taking a break and a bye week. Looking forward to UCLA. So. As always, Andrew. It's been a pleasure, bud, and fun. Chase, Have a good one. All right. Until next week.